hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all your favorite podcasting apps and is also on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you very much, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board there. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The sun is shining in the Twin Cities. That's the nice part. The temperature is way down. The Minnesota Wilds seem to have a tendency now to win three games, lose three games. So let me get this straight. They had a three-game losing streak a couple weeks back. Then they won three games in a row. Now they lose three in a row again. Three games, three losses. What's going on here? I don't know what to say. Uh, Consistently inconsistent. uh, Consistently in the penalty box. And Ryan Hartman's been consistently bad, including dumb penalties and, okay, a bad bounce. A unlucky bounce that ended up helping cost the Minnesota Wild the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning after the team played way, way, way better than they had been playing versus, say, Carolina and the Florida Panthers. But the whole Southeast trip, not so good. I had a crappy feeling going in that this was going to be a tough one. I thought maybe the Wild would get meatloafed, like, one and two, if you know what I mean. They get meatloafed, as they say. Two for one ain't bad, meaning, yeah, okay, you get the idea. But um, it ended up being a th- over three again. So, eh, you know, it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get to it. So three games to review, two games to preview as we head into the All-Star break. Kirill the Thrill is for real. He did score his 100th goal of his career already at a very fast pace, of course, against the Florida Panthers. A 5-3 loss. 5-3. to three. Oof, 5-3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, five. That's right. Uh, the Wild gave up 14 goals in three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we head into the All-Star break and all that. No All-Star game for Philip Gustafson, but I thought he'd been playing, like, what, until this week. Um, but certainly closer than uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who, uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't really impressed with Marc-Andre Fleury. The play in front of him hasn't been so great, and the, you know, the inconsistency and the poor five-on-five play. That's the other thing with the Wild. Oh, you know, the special teams are bad, but 5-on-5 five five were pretty good. Wow. And now uh, special teams are a little better, and 5-on-5 five five is terrible. Like, uh, make up your damn mind. So maybe that's the name of the episode. I don't know. That's a, It's an idea. Make up your mind something. But, um, yeah, make up your mind about winning three in a row or losing three in a row. <laughs> or uh, let's, just, let's just get on a meatloaf pace. Two for one, two for one, or two and one, two and one. That'd be really nice. But um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, six six seven pace. Let's not throw the third six in there, but uh, it's been crappy. Let's just get to it. Of course, we're going to uh, look at the prospects some more. I'll, I'll do the best I can with that one. Of course, <laughs> it's mostly just kind of keeping up and uh, giving you ideas of how the guys are doing and all that. But uh, um, you know, and then of course uh, the, the epic fun fan interaction segment we always wrap up the show with Carolina Hurricanes. Again, in a lot of statistics, they haven't been so great except goals against. Uh, but, you know, like they're kind of mediocre and everything else. But 39 and 8, I mean, what more can you say? They've been they've been great. So, and I just went to the team instead of the actual game. So, my apologies. And now we're getting the infamous whatever you call that, where you just wait and wait and stare. <laughs> so, yes, at North Carolina, in Raleigh, North Carolina, Matt Boldy, again, I mean, nice solid week for him. Kirill Kaprizov finding the back of the net in every game here, which is great. We appreciate that very much. Uh, But generally speaking, a sloppy game. Sloppy game. Uh, Frederick Anderson, very good in net. Obviously, wonderful addition to the Carolina Hurricanes in the the net. 
uh, Trevenin, who had been kind of uh, off to a weak start this year, a weak first half, we'll say, ended up getting a ended up getting a goal in the game, of course. Uh, not the best goal, not the worst goal. Ryan Hartman magically got an assist, but again, a terrible week for him. One dumb penalty after another that drew the ire of uh, Dean Everson, especially after the uh, Tampa Bay game, where he just said, yeah, he, sh- he should be hard on himself. That was stupid, just stupid. So openly frustrated there. Um, this game was, yeah, this game was not the best. Marc-Andre Fleury, he, I don't know. A, a lot of the goals that he's been giving up, especially in this, well, in, in this particular game, were not pretty. They just weren't. Um, <clears throat> occasionally he gets screened, and it's kind of not his fault on some of these goals that are, like, you know, long distance, like far away. But some of them, I mean, come on. They, they need to be stopped. So I'm not really impressed with what I saw from Marc-Andre Fleury this week. He's definitely on the lower half of the list. He's closer to the... Uh, James Shepard Memorial than he is the Mike Madonna Award, I'd have to say about that. Um, Shvezhnikov with 15 minutes. He had a misconduct, so 15-minute <laughs> penalty penalty minutes anyway. Ryan Harmon with 10, just big mess, big overall mess, and Harmon has just been bugging me. Jewel Erickson, wonderful week. Only one assist in this one, but yeah, both Jewel Erickson and Matt Boldy are strong candidates for the Mike Madonna Award for this particular week, and Jordan Greenway is just, again, kind of part of the scenery. Generally, he's been playing better, but overall, not a guy I want to keep. And you'll hear in fan interaction about uh, three players that would, I think the majority of us would be totally fine if they were gone and they were replaced by younger players or whatever the heck, you know. So it's a, another player in return, another yeah, young, younger uh, veteran, you could call it. Um, Jordan's, Jared Spurgeon had a solid week, generally speaking. Sam Steele has vanished off the face of the earth. But again, this Carolina game was sloppy as hell. And Marc-Andre Fleury was not good. He was not good. So I'm just going to kind of keep moving here, if humanly possible. <clears throat> Florida Panthers game. Gustafson, this wasn't his best game either. Again, the play in front of him was sloppy. Florida outplayed the Wild, generally speaking. Alex Leon, Leon, Lynn, Long Leon, <laughs> you could call him. He was adequate. He faced 32 shots. Gustafson faced only 26 and gave up four goals. Again, the play in front of him was not so great. The crappy turnovers and mediocre play overall. But generally speaking, I don't think he was all that good either. It was kind of a total team effort in terms of getting beat. Just simply getting beat. Uh, four goals officially given up by Gustafson. The Wild were in the game and all that cute stuff. We were in the game, but generally, <laughs> but just kind of felt like we weren't going to win most of the way. Going down 2 nothing, 3-1, to getting it to 3-2, to then 4-2, to finally 4-3. to yeah, The Wild had to play catch-up the whole time. It was really freaking frustrating. Uh, the Spurgeon goal, that was a nice assist by uh, the Florida defender, so really appreciate that one. Nice deflect. So it was actually a pretty crappy <laughs> crappy bounce off the stack. It looked like, ugh, well, okay, that one's going to go wide. And then it got redirected into the net. So thank you very much. As the Wild would, uh, Ryan Hartman would return the favor, but to the Tampa Bay Lightning, not the Florida Panthers. Off the chest, obviously, again, just bad luck and unfortunate and all that cute stuff. Matt Boldy, a goal again, and a, and a nice solid one. Nice shot, nice release. Tic-tac-toe goal, Kirill Kaprizov. Zulerich connected to Matt Boldy. One of the highlights of the week, I'd have to say, in a very low light of a general week. Um, again, tic-tac-toe, just nice, nice uh, combination. Absolutely the best three players, I think, when you, that you could have on a line in the power play, you know, the, the scoring line, so to speak, in the power play. Um, yeah, <laughs> Kaprizov, Eck. The Boldy with, again, a nice one-timer on the shot. Really like that. And Julie Eriksson scored also on the power play. 
from Kaprizov and Addison. Again, Jewel, I hope I said Jewel, not Joel, but a great play, no doubt. Uh, Lundell, Lundell, again, another guy who was a potential prospect for the Wild to draft instead of Marco Rossi with his seventh goal of the season. Don't worry, don't worry, Rossi fans, he's, he's coming, I think. He's coming. We're finally starting to see legitimate signs that he is ready to ready to go. Uh, he's getting closer, we'll say. Maybe he's not quote unquote ready to go. I don't want to say that too quickly and then get and then get some uh, get a response. Uh, Joey, maybe not, huh? Maybe not yet. Okay, slow down, Joey. Slow, slow down. He's not ready yet, but he's getting closer. He's taking steps closer. That's <laughs> an inside uh, joke, kind of right there. But again, wonderful uh, week by Julia Sanak. What is he on pace for? Like sixty-seven points this year. So again, he's he's definitely worth. The contract at that pace. At that pace, Jules Eriksenak is definitely worth the contract. And Matt Boldy has been playing better since the contract was signed. Um, it's like maybe that, uh, obviously, I would hope $7 million a year is added motivation. But And at the same time, as long as he doesn't press too much, him being Matt Boldy, um, he's going to have some wonderful success. Uh, i got to see what he's on pace for. Cause I, I saw it, and then I blank, and I'm, I'm blanking, and I apologize. Uh, thanks to Elite Prospects for giving us the projections. But uh, obviously a massive shout-out to Hockey Database. That's usually where I go. Um, but yes, Elite Prospects LA also. just It's got about 150 ads per page, so be ready for that. Uh, 82 games. Yep, obviously Boldy, knock on wood. Uh, you know, he's played every game so far. 25 goals, 34 assists. So he's kind of close to what our expectations would be for 7 mil. Probably got to get a little higher. But again, if... If that's if if that's his pace in his sophomore year in the National Hockey League, we're getting there. We're getting there. And the, again, this year he's not making the seven million yet, so we're getting closer to where we'd like him to be. So that's a good sign, generally speaking. Uh, Drew Drew Larkson, like I said, on pace for sixty-seven points on the season. I forget how many goals it was, but it was a good number. Gotta go back back to twenty fifteen. I know. Uh, Kaprizov's on pace for about 101 points. So it's nice to see projections and all that. 69 points. Okay, and 30 goals. Yep, so it went up yeah, because he had that wonderful game against uh, Tampa and that incredible goal. 30 goals, 39 assists. I think there you go. That's what they call meeting expectations. Thank you. Thank you, Jules Erickson. I can maybe exceeding, actually, considering he's not even making $6 million a year. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. pretty good season so far by Jules Erickson. Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. Stay healthy and keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you, Joel. You are an absolute, uh, you know, he, he is a jewel of a player for the Minnesota Wild. I, we can we can say that now. Before, we just kind of had fun with it. Now you can say it. <laughs> Look at the <this> clown. Because <laughs> I got the Tampa and Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota-Tampa game on in the background here. Thank you, Belly Sports, for having the replay at the same time. This clown is like trying to harass uh, Jonas Brodeen. <laughs> the penalty box okay i mean <laughs> but i guess that's hockey for you that's been going on for decades and decades and decades uh again though the florida game very sloppy not fun generally speaking and i don't know we didn't have good goaltending this week it's probably our weakest this is this is one of the uh crappier weeks we'll say weakest week that doesn't sound good crappiest weeks goaltending in, in a while um uh, the play in front of them could have been better but, again, mediocre in that, I'd have to say. Flurry was decent against Tampa, and obviously that, you know, the game-winning goal that made it 3-2 to two was not Marc-Andre Flurry's fault. 
it was just insanely bad luck, and maybe Ryan Harmon shouldn't have been in that exact spot, but uh, uh, whatever, right? And there was, I believe, that was the Jewel Erickson Eck. Yes, the one nothing goal. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful on Vasilevsky. Just the timing, the hesitation, and then, you know, the, the kind of the... Yeah, just absolutely awesome. Was able to get Velasquezky uh, <laughs> to move just enough, and he was able to get them uh, get around him, fake to the right, and let go on the left. Absolutely great play uh, on the back end. Yep. Oh, love what I saw there. Excuse me, that was left to right, backwards, Joey. Of, of course, I'm backwards. Yep, it was on the back end. Awesome goal by uh, Julierksenek. Let's talk about the Tampa game. That would definitely be the quote-unquote feature presentation of the week. When it comes to what the uh, what the Wild uh, put put for us in these three games, and now our feature presentation. And there's the new soundbite that's going to probably pop up on all of my shows going forward. Is the <laughs> the whole uh, feature presentation deal? Um, I believe it's that. Just want to make sure that things are split there, so I can get that, get that bite in there. Um, <laughs> apologize if it isn't. It better be. Uh, but yes, uh, the feature presentation deal. Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was a nice game. The Wild played their butts off. Better goaltending, better everything. Better defense, better goaltending. Uh, kept Tampa scoreless, but unfortunately they kept us scoreless as well because Tampa can do that. Definitely Mark Andre Fleury's best game of the week by a mile. He was excellent, honestly. Um, and you know, you take out that insanely bad bounce, he would have given up two goals on 38 shots. 38, 38, or 37, however you want to look at that, that goal that was that was scored. Kirill Kaprizov did get his 100th goal versus the Florida Panthers, so he did get it in Florida, not in Tampa Bay. But in, like, the Miami area, per se, he was able to score here, and then again, Julius Eck, that beautiful highlight, but also assisted on Kirill Kaprizov's goal. Unfortunately, Minnesota Wild, only two goals in the game, and Tampa four, of course, with the empty netter to go along with again, so... Um, Mark Andre Fleury was definitely not perfect in that, but at the same time, again, I mean, a snake bit, a snake bit as well, though, with that bad bounce off of uh, Ryan Hartman and the stupid penalties and such, leading the Wild in penalty minutes again, and he's again, he's been one of the guys. So the conversation continues, and we're going to talk about it in fan interaction, but I could say it here as well. Um, well, right now, obviously, Ryan Hartman, if he isn't scratched, I'd be beyond shocked in the next game. I mean, if you're going to scratch uh, Matt Dumba, who you did scratch, I didn't even talk about it. He, he did get scratched versus the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers, um, and deservedly so. He's not been good. I mean, he's not been good this year. So if, if uh, Bill Guerin and uh, Dean Evison are, are in, in one accord about uh, scratching Matt Dumba, and obviously something's up. Obviously, there's a potential trade on the horizon, and it's like 99% chance he's going to be gone, barring like he's going to take like 1.5 for two years or something. I don't think he's going to do that, <laughs> but <laughs> I really don't think so. But just saying that's that might be what it would take, something crazy like that for him to come back to Minnesota. Um, same with, uh, obviously, I'm hopefully Ryan Reeves will be willing to come back, but because unfortunately we're not going to be able to offer him much either. That's the crappy part, but I think we'd love to have him back. Dumba, it's just kind of, I think it's time. I think it's time. Um, it's cool to see, uh, it was cool to see Kirill Kaprizov with an alternate captain, though, this week uh, in, in a couple games. So that's obviously a really nice, uh, that's a nice sign that, I've, that he's taken more and more of a leadership role, and I talked about it in the past, and about the whole ca captain and that thing, and 
I didn't even mean the sea, but the sea could come someday, very much so. It's very possible Kuroko Brisov could be the captain someday in a few years down the road, not right now. But alternate? Why the hell not? Why shouldn't he be a possible alternate? Uh, and obviously once Dumba gets traded, I think that goes to Jewel Erickson Eck. I think he's the next one. It's either him or Brodeen. Those are like pretty much shoe-ins for that, for that uh, other spot when it comes to the captains. It's, one of those two is going to get the A for sure. And then Kaprizov is probably on deck for something at some point. Like Felino's not going to be here forever. Uh, Spurgeon's not going to be here forever. In terms of, the, you know, I mean, Spurgeon's getting a little older. He's got many years left on his contract, but you never know. Maybe he'd maybe kind of like uh, um, what took place in San Jose with uh, Mighty Joe, with Big Joe, that uh, he, he uh, relinquished his captaincy to Pawlowski. So you just never know. Some Something like that could happen later on when Spurgeon gets older. So you never know. Um, I'm getting way ahead of myself and talking about something completely different, and I apologize, but that's wild-related, I suppose. Just a frustrating overall week. Uh, Vasilevsky was excellent. Marc-Andre Fleury was excellent. Marc-Andre Fleury was excellent. It was his best week. Uh, It was his best game of the week by far. And the overall feature presentation in terms of how well the Wild played. And again, Jewel Erickson had an awesome week. There's just, I mean, I, I, I can't say it enough. What a, what a wonderful week. Again, setting up other players with the passes and then goals as well. And the fact that he's on pace for 69 points, almost 70. Years ago, just the thought, just even thinking, imagining Jules Eriksson getting to 70 points was the most unthinkable uh, thing in the world at, at some time. It's like, uh, yeah, he's got 14 points in 60 games. All right. All right. Well... At least he's doing something. <laughs> he's a point-a-game guy in the AHL, but come on, man. Let's go. Let's go, Joel. Come on. Pick it up. Okay, 28 points in 70 games. All right. It's, it's okay. It's okay. 40 points in, in forty points in 80 games. We're getting there. You know, half a point. Okay. And then now, and then 49 last year. And here we go. Here we go. Jewel Erickson X taking that next step forward. Love what we're seeing. There is no doubt. There is no doubt, as Jacques Lemaire would say in the past. There is no doubt. So, we really appreciate Jewel. Okay. Um, I think you have an idea who the Mike Madonna Award winner is of this show. I don't think it's Sam Steele. I sure as bleep don't think it's Ryan Hartman. So, it is going to be Jewel Erickson Act. I've, I've sung his praises all week. And Matt Boldy, a point, a point, a point, a point every game. So, a goal in the first two games each. An assist here. Uh, Matt Boldy is number two for that. Definitely. No doubt about it. Uh, he, is, he is right there with Jewel Erickson Act, but uh, Jewel gets it because it's overall awesome week, and it's his ultra-consistent play, generally speaking, this year. I mean, everybody has bad games, but ultra-consistent, generally speaking, is Jewel Erickson Act. And I, <laughs> I I just love having him on this team. I just love, you know? And I, I, I can't emphasize enough, and remember how well he played against the Vegas Golden Knights, and just, you know, it's like he was the only guy that really took that next step, it seemed like. In, in the playoff series in the past, where other guys, it's like they magically disappear. Kind of like Minnesota Vikings in the postseason forever. They'd be the best team in the NFL all season, get to the Super Bowl, and then stop playing back in the 70s. Uh, you know, go on this magical run or whatever, uh, have this great season in 98, and then all of a sudden in the second half of the uh, NFC Championship game, stop playing. You can just go on forever. And the Minnesota Wild awesome season. Wow, they look great. And then just like, oh, it's we're playing the Blues now. They're the seventh seed. We're number two in all of hockey. And <laughs> I mean, 450 shots later, we score three goals. It's like BS, you know, for like the whole series. So <laughs> I 
So with that said, the uh, James Shepard Memorial is going to be Ryan Hartman with the bullet. Uh, he's, he's got it. He, he's got it. And I would scratch him in a heartbeat. And it, it, it's too bad because he, he's a bargain at what he's making. But then again, maybe he's not a bargain if he's playing like this. Maybe he's maybe it's pretty much, okay, well, that's who he is. He's that. He's the guy we thought he was. You know, we are who we thought we were or whatever. <laughs> when we originally signed him, that bottom six, bottom three, bottom six kind of guy who will get some, you know, he's going to get penalties. He'll score a little bit. Uh, he's gritty and blah, blah, blah. And we love having him. He's, he's a great guy. And he's a great guy. Coolest guy in the world. Um, so that might be what's happening. He's kind of uh, reverting back to the means, as they say. And I don't know, but even, uh, even taking a step uh, below that, the last week here. It's been pit pitiful, to, to say the least. And if Dean Everson's just flat saying stupid, stupid, like, oh, you know, he's obviously not a happy camper either with what he's seen. So there you go. With that said, 0 for 3 in three games, a zero, that's right, zero points in the southeast section of the United States in the NHL. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we only have two games to preview as we head into All-Star Weekend next week. <laughs> Again, two games to preview, like I've said about 50 times. The Philadelphia Flyers game coming up next. Chuck Fletcher, up Chuck Fletcher. Club's playing a little better, but they're still meh at best. But, oh, they got they got, uh, they got got John Tortorella, though. The other Torts, they got Torts. Not Torch, but Torts on the bench. So that's why, you know, they're, they're giving it everything they got now. Yeah, blank, blank, you, and blank, and blank, and blank. That's basically what it was like with the Rangers. But he did win a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning, John Tortorella. Tortorella. John Tortorella. Uh, this one will be in the Exo Energy Center. This is today, right? This is today, Thursday. Yep, to Thursday the 26th of January. <laughs> Gee, I might want to figure that out, right? Thursday, March 23rd. So we'll be playing on Thursdays in both cases. 5.30 p.m. in Philadelphia. Early, early start. Philadelphia Flyers are... Two and three in their last five. They defeated the Anaheim Ducks. Welcome to the club on that one, right? They lost to the Blackhawks, four to one. Hmm. Beat Detroit in Detroit, two to one. That's impressive. Five three loss uh, hosting Winnipeg and four to three loss hosting the uh, Los Angeles Kings. One other quick note again as well. The Minnesota Wild today are out of the playoffs. Out. Calgary Flames, uh, Colorado Avalanche have now usurped us by a point. And that's the thing. You get you. you Win some damn games, you know. Be a little more consistent. I mean, uh, when when you when you add it all together, the Wild are three and six in our last uh, nine. That sucks. You're not going to make the playoffs playing like that. So, like I said, the three game losing streak, three game win, three game lose. Simple math there. Three and six. And I don't know <laughs> if Colorado is behind you for a, for the final playoff spot. Good luck. That's all I got to say. Got to hope and pray that you can knock someone else down. Colorado's the team behind you. You're you're eight, they're nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put two and two together there because I got to think that uh, uh, Steve. Uh, I almost called him Steven Stamkos. 
Landeskog is coming back. Got Stamkos on the mind. I can't imagine why. Um, you got to win this game. You got to win this game. Show up. Just please show up to play. That's all I got to tell you. Tanner Lazinski. Lazinski, cool name. Injured reserve as of December the 5th. Okay. Atkin, uh, Cam At Atkinson. Obviously, he's been out forever. Courier. Three to four months. Oofta. Courier. Remember him? Yep. I believe he used to be with the Sharks, right? So, unfortunate situation there. The Philadelphia Flyers are 25th in goals. 20th in goals against. Hmm. <laughs> Power play, 27th. Well, let's talk about the Wild, too. So, 25th for Philly, 22nd for Minnesota in goals. Goals against the Wilder, 9th. The, the uh, Flyers are 20th. Power play, Flyers are 27th. The Wilder, 11th. Wow. Wow, it's getting better. But, again, when you consider who's on that power play together, it's pretty good. Penalty kill, mediocre, 16th. And Philly is 18th. Penalty minutes, the Wilder, 30th. We're climbing the ladder now. Now we're the third worst team in the league about having penalty minutes. Yeah, bench Ryan Hartman. Maybe we'll be in the middle somewhere. Okay, sorry. I've had enough of that. Uh, penalty minutes, 25th for Philadelphia. They're not too good either. So on and so forth. Of course, I didn't have this ready. But what else is new? Flyers again, 7th place in the Metropolitan Division. One of the cooler uniforms in the NHL, in my opinion. But maybe I'm by myself on that. Carter Hart, 500. 14-14 on the year. 2.97. Save percentage of .908. All chalks up to mediocre at best. Unfortunately, once upon a time looked as a franchise goalie, but I think kind of has been been through a lot there in Philly, unfortunately. So uh, it is what it is. Konecki is leading the club in scoring with 24 goals in 43 games. 49 total points. Good for him. Kevin Hayes, 44 points at 29 assists. Good. Tony D'Angelo. Gotta like that name. <laughs> 7 goals, 21 assists. Solid, solid uh, overall season. James Van Ramsdyk, I like that one. Yep, he's been around for a while. Uh, missed a significant amount of time this year, but yeah, he's been decent. About two, about two-thirds of a goal a game. Nick Steeler, who's been in 46 games now for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers this year, and nine points. Good for him. Good for uh, Nick Steeler and Mr. Delorier. Mr. Delorier, Nicholas Delorier. It looks like Dulacure, but it's Delorier, yeah. So, <laughs> welcome to French accents and all that. Uh, 49 games. He's played in every game. He got a nice contract with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, at least for uh, someone in his uh, per current uh, stature. Um, 198 penalty minutes on the season. That's kind of the highlight there. He's a big boy. Or hits. Those are hits. Those are not penalty minutes. 84. This isn't the good old days when guys had penalty minutes like you wouldn't believe. So, I'm an idiot. Kafer Bellows has played in 12 games. Minus five. So a lot of us not so happy with some of our prospects. Kiefer Bellis was very, very highly touted. I, I, I liked him coming in. Maybe I'm just a fool who doesn't know what he's talking about. But uh, I liked him coming in. I mean, I was I was hopeful. And ah, 12, 12 games and he's a minus five and that's it. So welcome to uh, welcome to the Tyson Jost Club right there. And Marco Rossi in the NHL so far. Yeah, hopefully that's going to change dramatically coming up. So I'm not trying to be a jerk too much there. Wild have to win this game. The Wild will win this game. The Wild will beat the Philadelphia Flyers. They will. Yes, a 4-2 victory for Minnesota. I know it's the most simple thing, but I mean... I don't know. It's it's hockey. You're not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna be five to two this game, and then uh, you know we're gonna go with a four to three shootout. You know, I mean, I, I can come up with that, and I have many times, but 
I don't know. That's kind of what I'm going with. Four to two. Maybe the Wild actually get five in this one. Five to two. I'm going to say that. Wild have a strong game. Five to two. Boldy with two goals. Matt Boldy with two goals in this game. What do you think of that? Ryan Hartman is scratched. And if he's not, what's going on here, guys? Be a little more consistent here. Because did Dumba deserve to be scratched? Yes. Does uh, Ryan Hartman deserve to be scratched? Yes. <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. Uh-oh. Well, we might end up having to split here, but... Don't split. Just beat the Buffalo Sabres, okay? It's, it's that simple. Just beat them. 28th of January. That would be the 15th anniversary of my podcasting career. 15 years. Yes, I can make it all about me for about 15 seconds. Yeah, started with Paladino Live. Talked about all the different teams. Again, January 28th. About all the teams. Minnesota-based, even the Twins a tiny bit. And eventually things got split up as I headed into the summer. First thing to go was the Vikings. It became Purple Mafia, the Purple Mafia podcast in April of 2008. And then in, um, <clears throat> and then in uh, uh, like the end of the summer, July, August, uh, the, the, the wild, the, the twin side of the show was dissolved completely because I don't know, I just, I love baseball, but I can't do a podcast on baseball. I just can't. I, 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 I do enough. Okay. I mean, three different sports is enough. I, I wasn't that great at it. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so then the other two shows became the Brave the Wild in August 2008. Well, basically, it finally got released on September 1st, I remember. It took forever to get on um, uh, Apple because <clears throat> that was kind of the first podcast, uh, podcasting app to get things going. Um, and then, of course, uh, Timberwolves Explosion like a week or two earlier to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, yeah. <laughs> ah, the, 15 years. Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> My podcasting career is already a teenager. Probably would be like a ninth grader already. Freshman year in high school. Pretty crazy. Sorry, I took too long with that story. Um, Tage Thompson, double T, has been absolutely great. Again, part of one of the wonderful trades. And one of those, you know, St. Louis got what they what they wanted. They finally ended their, their drought. They got a wonderful player who could lead them in Ryan O'Reilly. And then Buffalo had to wait a little bit, but... All right, well, they ended up getting an incredibly wonderful prospect that uh, nobody realized how good he was going to be. Absolutely nobody, except maybe, who knows, somebody that will say say a different story. 33 goals on the season. He has been incredible. And a huge reason for this Buffalo Sabres success on the season. Uh, 33 goals, 33 assists, 66 points. He's on page for about 100-plus on the season. Alex Tuck's on page for about 90 points this year, and he's been playing as well. That that helps. Casey Middlestad has definitely come around quite a bit. He's close to, to about 40-some points on the season. Seven goals, 21 assists. Uh, Alex Tuck with 53. 53. Remember, he's a pretty good passer, but he can score as well. 23 goals, 30 assists. Rasmus Dahlin is, just, you could argue, the franchise player of the team. He has been unbelievable and a legitimate uh, number one overall pick now. Uh, 14 goals, 39. That's right, 39 assists on the season. Former Minnesota Gopher, Kyle Oposo, who uh, was a defector from the club years ago. i just being honest. 19 points. Tyson Jost in 29 games, 12 points, so a little bit better. Uh, so um, he's playing on a better offense. Yeah, he is. He's playing on a better offense. So it's interesting that such a talented team would pick up Tyson Jost, but I guess they want to give it a shot. They might want to. They might want a little better defense or a uh, trade for a goaltender. We'll have to wait and see. Craig Anderson's been okay, 2.73, and yeah, and a, and a single shout-out on the season. Lukanen, um, yeah, he struggled, 3.35, and a save percentage of 
96.7, but 91.8 is pretty good for Craig Anderson. And again, he's like almost my age. He's ancient, uh, but that's just reality. Buffalo Sabres, 4-1 in their last five. Are they finally in the playoffs? I hope so. Fourth in the Atlantic. Fourth. What the heck? But i got to think they're like wild card range by now. Only a wild card, though. What the heck? But that's what happens when your goaltending is kind of average. 4-1 in their last five. They lost to the Blackhawks. Why? What, what's up with losing to the Blackhawks? 4-3 loss there at Chicago. Defeated the Islanders 3-2. Defeated the Ducks 6-3. Defeated the Stars. Wow. In Dallas, 3-2. Nicely done. And beat the St. Louis Blues. The pesky, crappy Blues. Back-to-back games. Dallas to St. Louis. And won them both. Eight goals in, in, in that stretch. 5-3 victory over the Blues. Nicely done. Buffalo Sabres look like a wonderful team. <laughs> they do. And I'm very happy because I'd love to see Buffalo do better. And don't be surprised if just somehow I have a sneaky feeling when there's talk about, say, Patrick Kane, the perfect fit for him is the New York Rangers. Yeah, great. Here we go again, you know, Rangers again. But they are a wonderful organization. As much as I, I've kind of, you know, bashed on them and all that stuff, like they sign all the free agents. They're just like the Yankees and they, you know, going all the way back to Yarm or Yager to God knows Lindros and blah, blah, blah. Trades or, or, or whatever, trades or free agents or whatever the heck it is, they, they always wind up there somehow. But they've done an incredible job putting that team together. Because, I mean, they, they did change their approach to go more prospect, uh, you know, to, to, to develop from within. And sure, you're going to sign a free agent or two like Panarin. Surprise, surprise, right? Sign or trade, you know, make a trade for a big name like that. If you have the means, so be it. And so be it, Jedi. <laughs> and that's how it is. Um, but, yes, a very well put together organization that could win the Stanley Cup in the next five years, for sure. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, with, uh, I would say, uh, I would say as long as they have a, a decent goalie prospect or something, like they make some kind of move, they have a chance to, they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup in the next, you know, three to five years. The Buffalo Sabres have a chance to win the Stanley Cup in the next three to five years. I said it right here on Brave the Wild. Unthinkable, unthinkable words. Not that long ago. But um, very impressed. Very impressed with this team. Really, really, really nicely done. And it's about time. And I love those uniforms. Uh, there's a conversation back and forth. I think it's in the fan interaction. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read it there. Yep, I made sure to highlight it so I could get to it. Because I, I don't want Derek to think I was blowing it off. I, I, I swear I wasn't. So, you know, I, I get kind of locked in. And then I have the other shows. And then I have the other Twitters up and all that. And then... I'm like, oh, crap, whoops. So I, I need to switch back and forth more often. I'm really sorry. Honestly, Brave the Wild is by far the most active Twitter of my podcast, so it's not even close. Let's be honest. Well, Purple Mafia is second, but Brave the Wild is insanely active um, on Twitter um, with uh, actually people responding or whatever the heck the word is. I want to believe the Wild win this one, and if we keep on pace with what we've been doing, the Wild will win this thing 4-3. to 4-3 three. to three victory for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we're going to have uh, a 4-3 win for, uh, for the Wild. I think the Wild get the job done. Four goals in, in, uh, in each game. We score eight goals in two games, which I think would be wonderful. We're going to do basically what Buffalo did with St. Louis and Dallas, but at home. Uh, the most likely guy to score here is going to be... <sighs> Let's go with... Uh, see, I had Boldy scoring two goals, and it's like so easy to pick Caprice up all the time because I could pick that... I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will score in this game. I'm, he might get a goal in both these games. Then that's not a very difficult prediction, to be fair. 
Um, who do I want to go with here? Uh, now my mind is just completely blanking. I keep thinking Jared Spurgeon, Jared Spurgeon, Jared Spurgeon, but it's like, no. Uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck. Jewel Eriksson-Eck will get at least his 18th goal in, in uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. We'll see what happens with, the, with both of the games. But Jewel Eriksson-Eck is going to continue his hot play. Uh, hot and consistent play and possibly get into the 70-point uh, projection as he keeps moving moving up in the stand, uh, moving up with the numbers. Third on the team is scoring right now in goals and overall and assists both, I guess. Yep, third in both and overall points. Insanely impressive at the end of the day. So with that said, let's uh, start talking about the prospects. A... Eh? And as per usual, we will uh, <laughs> open things up with Brock Faber, the more than likely Matt Dumba replacement going forward. Let's just be honest. Minnesota Gophers unfortunately split with Michigan, but a nice, nice uh, battle back and forth during the course of the weekend. Minnesota Gophers number two in the entire country, losing uh, one of the games to number eight Michigan. Could be an epic battle going forward, obviously to win the Big Ten. But not only that, but in the NCAA, in the NCAA tournament in the regionals later on, we might see it happen. Three goals, 14 assists for 17 total points. He's a plus 16 in 26 games for the Minnesota Golden Gophers as we're in the main stretch now of the season. Of course, you head into late January to February into March. Oh, oh, oh. College hockey at its finest. Hopefully the Minnesota Gophers can bring home the real hardware this year going forward. It'll be nice to win the Big Ten, but it'll be much nicer to win another national championship. It's been quite a while. Let's head to uh, Iowa. No, yes, let's go to Iowa first. That's usually where, I, usually where I like to go. Marco Rossi, definitely a nice, nice week. Nice week for Marco Rossi. couple of multi-point games. Coming back from where he was for a little bit there, but four points in two games, that'll definitely help in a big way. As he was about, gosh, he was, he was, <laughs> he had three more games played than points. He was, he was definitely off the point of game pace because he'd had some quiet runs. Sammy Walker's actually slowed down a tiny bit, unfortunately. But still a guy I would like to call up in a heartbeat if the Wild uh, end up trading away um, Ryan Hartman going forward. Um, that's who i definitely like to replace Ryan Hartman long-term is Sammy Walker. Um, there's definitely something there. Is it bottom six or whatever? I mean, he, Sammy Walker does not have to be a top six player to be in the NHL. So that's the good news. And he is 23 years of age already. It's not like he's too raw. So really appreciate what Sammy Walker can bring for the Wild uh, for many years to come, hopefully, or for another team. <laughs> Nicholas Baton, fantastic AHL player, 23 points, 21 games. But again, he is what he is. Uh, he's a nice fourth liner at times in the NHL, but generally speaking, he's an outstanding AHL player, which I'm sure is not what he wants to hear. Um, but 22 points now, 8 goals, 14 assists in 21 games for Marco Rossi, who is taking significant steps forward. You're seeing more assertiveness as you'll hear from Derek uh, Felska uh, in fan interaction and just in general and his Twitter feed, at Crease and Assist there. Uh, he's been wonderful, to, to say the least. Uh, really appreciate what Rossi's been doing, and Beckman's been a bit quiet, unfortunately. Still third on the team in goals, but eight assists, 20 points in 34 games. He's certainly quieted down a bit. Uh, Mermis definitely brings brings it. He gives, a, he gives a good effort. He's a really nice AHL player, but age 28, unfortunately, he's kind of in that magical... You know, we could call it, if in the boyfriend-girlfriend, that's like the friend zone. <laughs> it's in the AHL, it's the friend zone, and that's the unfortunate side of it. Ryan O'Rourke, guys like that have been playing a little better. Hunt, Ryan O'Rourke, Hunt have been better. Milne plays very hard. 
kind of is what he is, you know, kind of is what he is. He's kind of a bottom six type of guy, but certainly been getting the job done. And the good news for him uh, is, is, is a still very young guy, so still got a chance. And it's nice to see him getting his feet wet at the AHL at a young age. So really uh, a good sign. Uh, there's there's something there with Michael Milner, definitely. And he's been picking it up of late, to be quite fair. So, um, and then who's been downright fantastic is uh, uh, Jesper Volstead. He's been incredible now. 2.6 goals against average, seven, uh, excuse me, 11 and 7 on the season. Save percentage of 91.4. But the past three weeks or so, I swear he's been giving up maybe a goal or two a game. He has been downright fantastic. And he's definitely the number one guy now at the AHL. To start out the season, he was the number two, and then he was like a 1A, and now he's definitely number one. So Zane McIntyre is kind of the backup. But he would more than likely be an emergency call-up, not uh, Jesper Volstead. Uh, should the Minnesota Wild need an emergency call-up? For whatever reason, because things happen, <laughs> things happen in the NHL. Um, but yeah, there's there's some really really encouraging signs. Volstead's starting to show what he can do uh, already. I'm not super surprised or anything. It's just that it's it's nice. It's a really it's a it's really encouraging signs going forward with what we're seeing at the Vesper Volstead coming in really out of Sweden. So yes, really appreciate what he's been doing. Um, what the hell? What did I just do? Okay, I just did something. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Might want to hit the right button here. That would really help. Okay, hallelujah. Elite prospects for uh, Liam Ugrin Ogren. <laughs> Which one of the two it is? I've heard both. I've heard Ugrin. I've heard, yeah, I say that every damn time. Um, another guy coming out of Sweden. Stockholm, Sweden here in terms of... Uh, Ugrin Ogren, sorry, uh, 18 years of age, and he turns 19 on the same day that this show turns 15. So cool, cool, good for you. <laughs> so he has the same birthday as, well, not this show, but my podcasting career. Now that I'm yeah, spinning all over my laptop, that's great. <laughs> Nasty. Okay, um, unfortunately, it's been a little quieter, so that sucks. It's been quieter now, 12 games. Nope, what am I looking at? Yeah, um... He's been playing in the under-20. Now 12 games, only 4 points. 2 goals, 2 assists. And at the uh, professional level, yep, 30 games, 17 points. 10 goals, 7 assists at that level. Um, again, obviously a young guy, still developing. He'll have his moments, generally speaking. But overall, kind of quiet, unfortunately. But um, I guess he did have, yeah, he did have uh, some points here uh, about a week ago. So that's a good sign, generally speaking. Uh... It looks like, uh, yeah. Apologize. Uh, Danilo Yurov in Russia in the MHL. He's at 10 games, 11 points, so nothing going on there. He's actually been playing KHL hockey again with now 46 games. So, yes, he's at 46 games now with nine total points, four goals, five assists, but no points this past week in the KHL. So kind of a little back and forth there, but again, <laughs> pretty impressive that he's in the KHL at such a young age. So I'd appreciate that at the very, at the very, very, very least. Who's Nadinov? Who's Nadinov? Again, very much in the KHL, and he's been there for a while, and he's going to be there for a little while as well. Now, 54 games with 31 points. 31 points for Who's uh, Nadinov. Nine goals, 22 assists. He's a plus 10 on the season. Again, wonderful skater who can explode, and obviously is becoming more and more of a scorer now at the KHL level. So, more than a, more than half a point a game at the KHL. There's a good sign. That's a really good sign. At age of 20, 
There's definitely something there with Huznadinov. That uh, Luke Cunning trade is going to be wonderful, considering what Luke Cunning has... Luke Cunning is kind of settling in as like a third or fourth liner at best. I mean, it's just... Eh, you know? Not much going on there with Luke Cunning. I, I don't think he has much of a... He doesn't have that great of a future, and certainly doesn't look like a first-round pick in the NHL, does he? Where Huznadinov? I mean, it looks like a great second-round pick at the very least, <laughs> to be quite fair. Uh, I haven't been talking about Marshall Warren a whole lot, and I apologize, but he's been pretty quiet, unfortunately. Only eight points in 21 games this year. He really picked it up last year. He was like double points and everything, but minus three on the year. This is a senior at Boston College. Only two goals, six assists in 21 games, and he's only a plus one, but, well, only four penalty minutes. He doesn't really get penalty minutes, though. Last year, he had 15 assists. This year, very quiet offensively, focusing more on a defensive game, generally speaking, for Marshall Warren. But I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be like. Uh, he'll be in Iowa, and we're going to have to kind of wait and see how that goes. Hunter Jones watch in the ECHL, the Iowa Hardlanders. Uh, I feel bad. You know, they've struggled hard, hardcore all season. 15 games on the year, 3.22 goals against the average. 1-8 on the season. Save percentage of 8.88. So Hunter Jones at age 22 in the ECHL. I like what he did at the AHL level, so... Maybe there's going to have to be a time where we we might have to we might have to for Hunter Jones' sake, unless we're about to give up on him, we may have to move on with uh, Zane McIntyre to give him a spot in the AHL. It might have to be that way, and, and Zane, Zane McIntyre is wonderful though, so it'd be kind of sad to see him go. But a decision is going to have to be made one way or another. Where maybe we're just giving up on Jones, or we're having to move on on Zane to give Jones a crack at the AHL and see what he does. Because he, he did he did better there than in the ECHL. So it, 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 that's got to mean something, right? So now we'll look at the, uh, the draft a year ago here with uh, Carson Lambos. He's been picking it up. He has been. He's closer to a point of game pace now. He's been really good, actually. <laughs> He's been strong. 29 points, 7 goals, 22 assists. Again, projects more as a... Uh, as a uh, second-pairing defenseman for the NHL, not a top-pairing. So that's kind of how that goes. Jack Pert can all the all the, all the the potential in the world to be a wonderful power play quarterback someday, and he's certainly been so with one of the better teams in the country as they've been way better this year. St. Cloud State Huskies, again, and former uh, Mr. Hockey in Minnesota here. Two goals, 15 assists, equal to last year. And you had a plus 15 versus a plus 5, and this time in eight less games. So Jack Pert, we'll see what happens there. And he did pretty well in the World Junior Championships. Caden Benkir, again, wonderful season, uh, dominating for the Kamloops Blazers, 30, point, uh, 30 games, now 44 total points of 21 goals, 23 assists, and he's a plus 16, which that was kind of down for a while. Now he's picked it up of late. Benkir dominating in the WHL. Looking forward to see what he might be able to do at the AHL level, the next step. Masters just mastering the WHL, and he's on the Camelot Blazers. They must be awesome this year, and they, they, they flat out have been. Uh, <laughs> they flat out have been. Kyle Masters, a guy, again, I mean, it's just taking steps forward is one thing, but this is, these are just, you know, behemoth steps forward, giant steps forward, like last year. I mean, I always bring this up, and it might get repetitive, but... There's new listeners. Maybe they're new to this and everything. And <laughs> when you see a guy go from 65 points, 14 games, in a, in a full season the year before, to now 42 points in 40 games. And this is a defenseman, by the way, right guard defenseman, um, 19 years of age. Wow. I mean, this is insanely impressive, what we're seeing here. 
this is absolutely great. He turns 20 on April 9th, so around that time he'll be eligible to come to the AHL. Um, and so that means next year, more than likely. <laughs> but an awesome, awesome, uh, awesome step forward. 34 assists on the season. And remember at the beginning of the season, he was a minus. He's a plus 10 now. So Kyle Masters, again, taking incredible steps forward. And really cool. And I remember people talking about that in the summer. Josh Pilar, I think he's just been uh, okay. He's been kind of spinning tires, unfortunately. Um, he was a plus he, he was more than a point-of-game player two years ago with the Camelot Blazers. Uh, one year ago with the Camelot Blazers. And then the huge step back with the Blades last year after the trade. And this year, just a point-of-game guy, and he's only played in 12 games. So it's too bad, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see. Maybe Josh Pilar can come around at some point. But we'll see. He's missed tons of time, and it sucks. Uh, Nate Benoit, again, a stay-at-home type of guy, but definitely steps forward offensively. He's <laughs> been a, a, a 300% gain in points, but to go from 3 to 12 is, yeah, it's not like that great, but it's it's a good, I mean, it's a good jump for him, yeah, in 33 total games, though, so a lot more games than uh, last year with the Lancers, but la yeah, last year with the Lancers and the Tri-City Storm, I guess he had nine, yeah, he had nine points last year in 59 games. But this year, 12 points, 33, so a step forward there. But unfortunately, a minus 23 for the Omaha Lancers. So they have been sucking, and that's unfortunate. So we'll see. I mean, he's kind of a dark horse at best anyway. Let's just be honest. Hunter Haight, the, the <laughs> Hunter Haight, who again has been phenomenal with the Saginaw Spirit at age of 18, dominating with that club, 18 games. <laughs> 18 games at 16 assists to go with nine goals. That's pretty crazy, and he's a plus four. So... Really nice, really nice steps forward for Hunter Haight, a very young guy. Rigor Lawrence, now at eight points for Colorado. The uh, excuse me for Denver, Denver University of Denver Pioneers, defending national championships, and I believe they have nine or ten national championships. And I'm not exaggerating this time. It's annoying and sucks, and I don't want them to ever win another one. But if they do, congratulations, Rigor Lorenz. But uh, come to Minnesota and beat the Avalanche for us, please. Two goals, six assists in 24 games. Obviously, long, 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 long way to go there. Milne, we talked about him and his uh, tireless effort with the uh, Iowa Iowa Wild. Yeah, he, you know, yeah, I, I have been able to catch up a little bit, and I like what I see. I do. Uh, Ryan Healy of Harvard, Harvard. Uh, obviously, he'd missed some time earlier in the year, but been picking it up lately. Again, a freshman year at Harvard at age of 18, of course. May 19, 2004, out uh, of Chicago. 19 games, 2 goals, 5 assists. He is a defenseman, so again, you know, th that's not bad for a defenseman, honestly. Uh, as a, uh, For a freshman defenseman, 4th round pick, that's not bad at all. And playing for Harvard, who's definitely, uh, they're a top 10 team in the country. Spechik, Spechik has been freaking great. Uh, quiet week, though, unfortunately. Definitely a quiet week. Nothing nothing going. Uh, three goal, third, excuse me. He's at 34 games now and 28 total points. Six goals, 22 assists. Quiet week for David Spetschek. Don't be surprised if he picks it up big time next time around. And Petrovsky's been wonderful for the Owen Sound attack against super young guy, August 10th, 2004. I mean, that is young. <laughs> that is young. <laughs> and again, more than a point a game already at the OHL at that age. I mean, that's impressive. Whether he's a center or a defenseman like uh, Spetschek, those are unbelievable numbers. A defenseman would be crazy though, of course, to be that high. Uh, Spetschek's been wonderful. He looks like a gem of a pick, but Petrovsky just might be a gem of a pick as well. Hopefully he's not just good at the juniors and 
he keeps translating to the next level and the next level. And you might have a real gem of a pick in the sixth round. 185th overall. The, the Brock Purdy of the Minnesota Wild, huh? What do you think of that? <laughs> Petrovsky is the Brock Purdy for Minnesota. Going forward, he's, he's the top-line center, and the Wild are in the conference finals versus the Colorado Avalanche, like the Philadelphia Eagles right now with the 49ers. Yep, something like that. Um, and I really didn't even mention the... Uh, oh, boy. So I better get to it right now, actually. Right now. The uh, well, I'll probably do it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the third segment with the the ad. Ooh, well, good thing I good thing I didn't totally forget. I just got too excited to jump into that two game uh, preview, which like who cares, right? No, no, I, no, we care. We want the Wild to win both of them, but I, I gotta say the ad that's not very nice of me. So I deeply apologize. That does wrap up the segment uh, for the prospects. Okay, well, yeah, there's actually a couple more players. Nikita Nestorenko. I don't know why I keep forgetting about the poor guy. <laughs> he's a junior in college, but unfortunately, you know, he hasn't really been that great. He's at a better pace, and he did miss a significant amount of time earlier in the year, but he's at a better pace than the previous two seasons, so that's good. Five goals, 13 assists, 18 points in 21 games, so almost a point a game at the collegiate level for Boston College, so that's good. Um, Marshall Warren is there as well. Like Both of those guys, I've been kind of overlooking them, and I'm, I'm really sorry. Guskov, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, how is he doing? Not, yeah, let's just move on from that one from now. Uh, and then first off, of course, odds are he's not coming here. But in 33 games in the KHL, 15 points. It's not like he's dominating. It's it's really not. So Guznadinov's certainly been better. So that that does give you a little perspective. First off is that you're younger, and he's, yeah, there's definitely something there. Um, they were both second-round picks, too. Huznadinov is a year younger than uh, first off, so I, I think Huznadinov is the better of the two. I, I don't think there's much of a doubt there. Um, so if you have to pick one of the two, Huznadinov all the way. With that, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get to the ad to open up the next segment. I, I apologize to uh, DraftKings and to the Hockey Podcast Network, but then again, as long as it's on the show, that's what matters the most. As long as it's not at like the very end, that's probably not good. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, Fan Interaction segment, but right now we are going to hear from DraftKings because I'm not going to forget again, okay? Four teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs of DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up, same-game parlays. Please pick the 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? (laughs) Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. That's pretty good. Um, And uh, going forward, I mean, I'm I'm going with Cincinnati over the... uh, I mean, I am going with Cincinnati over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, That team looks like... They, they just, there's something special about the Cincinnati Bengals. There really is. Obviously, their quarterback, Joe Burrow, has a swagger to him that doesn't bug me. Um, 
the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs have a swagger to them that does bug me. I, I, I don't know. Something about them, they bother me. And it's not about a personal thing, necessarily. It just, I don't know. Um, but there's something magical about Cincinnati. I, I can see them winning it all this year. I, I, I really can. And finally ending the draw for the Bengals. I'm really starting to get that feeling they're going to do it. Uh, with how they went into Buffalo and did such an amazing job. And I did pick Cincinnati over Buffalo. And, well, guess what? What do you think? You know, so time to cash out, folks. Uh, do the same with the Kansas City Chiefs. Cincinnati over Kansas City. And if I'm wrong, I deeply apologize. But that's part of the fun of it. Maybe you have a strong opinion on the Kansas City Chiefs. So <laughs> DraftKings isn't going to say, hey, Joey picks Cincinnati. You can't pick Kansas City. <laughs> DraftKings is going to say, congratulations. Nice pick because... Yeah, they're not going to beat them, but but maybe they will. Anyhow, download download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That would be like the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 on conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and remember to hashtag BTWMN. Greatly appreciated and a very active page, no doubt about it. Want to mention, because I've been terrible about this, the other shows have been good, but haven't been mentioning who's retweeted the shows every week. Vince Germano, out of Australia, Melbourne, Australia. Devil's State of Mind podcast. Thank you so much. The Hockey Podcast Network, that's Vancouver, British Columbia, and Derek Felska out of Western Wisconsin. I think I said Northern Wisconsin on Video Game Flashback, like a total dope, so I apologize. And I say, I I'm, I, uh, I said Northern. Ugh, I think because I was thinking about Northern Scotland with uh, Dave Martin on Purple Mafia. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I am. Looks like uh, I'm going to read this really quick. Yeah, so this is, well, it's from another conversation, I think. Yeah, some of these just go on and on. They're, they're good, but it just goes on and <laughs> sometimes. So, but um. Yeah, I'll probably get to all of it. Actually, I'm going to do it now. This up and down play bring a minute. Does this up and down? Yeah, I couldn't fit does. So this up and down play bring a Minnesota Wild question to mind. Ask Brave the Wild and take it. Hashtag BTWMN and ask as many questions as you'd like. Please read. Da, 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 da. Moco. Mike. Mike, basically. <laughs> Moco V 65 says, I like 75 for his toughness. That would be again Ryan Reeves. But it seems like he is backing down on the hard hitting and physical play. Do you agree? Um, not too much. Not too much, but maybe, yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I think there's a little bit uh, missing there. Steve Snyder says, we need some of his goon side to come out a bit more. He as he started, he's not here to score. As he stated, he's not here to score goals. Yeah, that's true. Derek says, the only issue I see is the games are too close for him to, re to really try to play that kind of an edge. He's smart enough to know when the time is right and when it's not. Personally, I wish he'd give, I wish uh, we'd give Greenway, give him Greenway spot because I think he would at least let, uh, at least crash the damn net. Sorry, I'm like babbling, messing that up. Johan says he's too slow for that position, and I have to admit he's been faster than I thought he would be. Disappointed too that uh, the Revo factor didn't last longer. Ooh. <laughs> Derek says, oh, and Greenway and Felino are, are uh, doing what with it? Six goals? Uh, Johan responds with, uh, yep, this is all Johan. Uh, Johan responds with, oh, they will get going if they can string together some more time consistently. By the way, remind me, how many goals does Revo have again? <laughs> and Derek says, as many assists as they have goals, and 
yeah, that is true. And he gets a fraction of the ice time those players get. Johan says, only a little more than one-third of ice time. So not really... So not really fractions, but I just, uh, but I digress. And then Derek says, one-third isn't a fraction? Okay, kiddo. <laughs> one-third isn't a fraction? Okay, kiddo. <laughs> uh, you know, Johan says, well, yes, it is. But the saying of only fraction of implies a small portion, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so, it's yeah, this is fun, actually. Derek says, one-third doesn't imply a small portion. It is a small portion. Felino, Hartman, to a lesser extent, Greenway is where the Minnesota Wild team is hurting from an offensive production standpoint. Ten goals this year instead of 50, but please tell me more how that's Reeves' fault. And then he's like, go on, go on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that was good. Uh, Reeves, uh, Reeves, Reeves, Andrew Woodard. Sorry, Andrew. At Woodsauce, 24, like that. Um, says, <clears throat> excuse me, Reeves. Reeves should not be elevated, but that's a hard stop. Uh, Reeves should not be elevated, and that's a hard stop. However, it's 100% true that the lack of production from 18, 17, and 38 is the reason Wild aren't getting it done like they did last year. Something needs to be done, whether it's trades or call-ups. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that was a very recent uh, post, actually. So, yep, you got on the show, Andrew. Good, good, good. <laughs> yep, um, yeah. Oh, God, those, yeah, all, all of them have been yeah, pretty disappointing. So, yeah, yeah, that would be... Uh, Felino and all them. Greenway, Felino and uh, Hartman. Yeah. Oof. Yep. Yeah. Let me make sure I'm getting everything, though. I, I think this is all together, right? It is. Okay. What? Okay. So, yep. Steve was so these are separate. So, oh, man. It's like a galaxy of comments, right? It is. Uh, yep. So, when Steve said we need more of the goon side out of Reeves, Mike responded with, exactly. Put some fear into the opposition. Derek says, the only issue I see is the games are too close for him to really try to play on that kind of edge. Okay, yeah, that part I did read. Yep, you have Greenway spot. Yep, that's weird. Why didn't it show all of that before? That's so weird. Ah, that's weird. Weird, weird. Let me see. 75, top Yeah, it's all there. Okay, so I did get to that. Now let's get to the actual hashtag. I think that that is part of it, technically. It is part of the hashtag. Um... So that obviously counts. Come on, man. Come on, man. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. This was after. This was after. Yep, so I could read this now. Um, or was it after? Yeah, this was right after the uh, release of the most recent show. So it's good to read it now. Derek Felska says, looks like someone really wants to go back to the late 90s. I'm fine with it. How about you, Brave the Wild? Uh, the beauty leg. Here's your, here's your first look at the jerseys for the 2023 All-Star Game. What do you think of them? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. That almost looks like early 90s rather than late 90s. I, I, I think those are wonderful. That, but maybe it is late 90s. Yeah, like kind of like Lindros and all them. Yeah. Lindros. Ugh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that does look good, though. I like it kind of like a teal, pink, black. Yeah, and black, teal, pink. You know, the, the two different reverse, Western and Eastern. I like him a lot. I do. Um, and maybe I was kind of bitching a little too much about three teams like Buffalo and such with their uniforms, but I think I'll get to Derek's comment coming up. I'm jumping up too quick. 
yeah, Derek actually has something to say, and then I'll then I'll respond. Then it's better that way instead of me just jumping in before. Uh, Derek says, "Amen to this." What do you think? Jen was saying instead of an all-star game, I think a skills competition plus a fan fest is a better idea. Give the players a rest. Let fans interact up close. The all-star game is tired and played out. It needs a reset. Yeah, I, I I agree, especially for the goaltenders. You know, I mean. I mean, goaltenders get absolutely, like, hung out to dry in these All-Star games. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of sucky otherwise. Yeah, and, like, three-on-three three and all that. It used to be fun when it was, like, five-on-five-ish. But even then, the goaltenders were in for a firing squad. That's the problem. And the, the goaltenders get screwed. Like, they give up, like, nine goals or something. It's like, come on, this is dumb. So, could you imagine if a goalie got a shout-out in an All-Star game? That'd be insanely impressive if that were to take place. So, great comment. And, uh, yeah, I agree. I do agree with uh, Derek and Jen, yes. Am I following her, I wonder? Uh-huh, yep, I am, but she's not following back. That sucks. Well, uh, yeah, but that's... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yep, Derek, there it is. There it is. And I, that's why I made sure to hashtag and say I would get to it. Um, uh, Derek says, my only question would be, what if your team... Doesn't have a uh, distant history. Okay, yeah, because I was talking about... Let's see, let's make sure. Okay, I was saying, yep, so I was replying to that uh, those those jerseys that he shared. Eastern, Western. I was saying, honestly, that looks awesome. If, if you think I don't like retro, that's not true. I meant some of the crappy rebrands that took away from the true retro. Yeah, like, say, Buffalo versus, like, the classic look. Yep, I mean, I don't like the rebrand, but that they did... You know, when they went to the final versus Dallas. But, you know, the the current ones, it's fine. And it's cool to look back still because they played really well back then. But, I mean, if I had a choice between that look and the, the one with the storage, you know, they, that they kind of brought back, I'll take the classic one. Uh, Derek says, I didn't think that you didn't. I wasn't sure what you'd think of it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like those a lot. I like those. And it it almost looks more early 90s, late 80s because of the uh, kind of the pastel look. I like pastel. I do. I'm Most people may be like, Joey likes pastel. Like, what a dork. You know, no, I like pastel. I do. I, I love even that goofy pastel look that it was on like IBM Tandy computers. I, I, you know, the games were bad, really bad, right? But, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just brings you back then and it feels good you know and it, you know my, even my church uh well my church at the time speak the word church had that pastel look purple and kind of like they kind of like the charlotte hornets kind of you know charlotte hornets colors uh, especially in that time like purple and uh, teal and purple i like it it's cool so i was saying no problem that that one's actually pretty cool. It's just that there were a lot of mediocre rebrands in that time with both sports. Like, yeah, the Detroit Pistons with the teal jerseys instead of the classic, like, royal royal blue and red. I, I like the classic Pistons versus the uh, the teal. But it, it is what it is, right? Derek then has the big one here. says, my only question would be, what if your team doesn't have a distant history? Like, yeah, I don't mind the Sabres going to a black, red, and gray sweaters. Or he didn't mind it. Yep. If the Wild went back to its original threads as an alternate, I would be happy with it. I would, too. I would, too. I very much. I thought they were very cool. And they're going to have to at some point, aren't they? As like an, uh, They're going to have to at some point kind of go with the classic. Now, of course, I'll take the North Star colors any day of the week. But if the Wild went with their originals with, like, the greens, the greens have been missing for a really long time. Remember, they went away 
not too long after those those mediocre red ones came in. Those are the ones I don't like very much. That was kind of the closest thing to a rebrand I think the Wild have ever done, is those red ones. Back in what, 0304, right? Um, at first, I thought they were freaking awesome. But then, when it got to a point like that was all they wore, it took away from their identity. I, I've always seen the Wild as a forest green, right? Forest green color team. And then all of a sudden, now they're red. And Yahoo Sports, to this day, still has the Wild as red. They're not red. The Wild are not red. It's part of their colors, but it's a secondary color. Minnesota Wild are green. They're not red. They're green. They've So, come on, Yahoo. You know? And, of course, that's what we get for wearing red jerseys at home for as long as we did. So, when the Wild finally did away with that, I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Lord. It took them a long time to get those, uh, the, the cursive, like, 1930s-looking, like, I'm just exaggerating, but, yeah, kind of 1930s-ish-looking uh, green ones that we had for a short time before they were replaced by the uh, updated green ones uh, a few years back. Now, it's it's been a few years already, like 2018, maybe, I think, 2017, 18-ish. Pretty sure Boudreaux was the coach at the time. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, had to have been. Had to have been the Boudreaux era. Definitely not the Mikey O. Um... Unless I'm totally nuts. So, yeah, um, I would be totally fine with the... Uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to see the original greens. It's been over a decade by now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because a decade ago was 2013. Those were those were long gone by then. Great topic. I mean, that deserves a great topic. And I haven't even gotten to the official hashtags yet. <laughs> Steve Snyder opens it up with... Looks looks as if Dean is stuck in a rut again with the Lions. Five on five scoring is really hurting this club. Time to mix it up a bit, move some pieces around, and try something else. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like that, and I'd love to see Sammy Walker up with Minnesota. I think most of us would like to see that. Uh, Rossi, like, how close is he to being an NHL player? So, we'll see. Um, we shall see with that. But no, I mean, I I agree. Something's gotta something's gotta change, and. I think permanently. Certain players, obviously, it's time for some of them to move on. Uh, that's just reality, you know. We're, we're not we're not winning the Stanley Cup with this roster. That's for sure. Derek Felska, I don't know if we're winning a playoff series with this roster. We, we haven't yet. <laughs> Ryan Harmon's... <laughs> Ryan Harmon. Derek says. Derek Felska says. Ryan, and, of course, he has a, does some uh, great job writing. That's why Crease and Assist came to assistance. Really cool. Ryan Harmon uh, is playing about as effectively as wet tissue paper. What do you think the issue is for Hartman? Is that issue isolated to him, or is the whole team walking on eggshells waiting for Bill Guerin to make a move? It might be a little bit of both. It might be a little bit of both, but um, probably Hartman and Hart, Hartman and Dumba for sure. So it's probably highlighted by those two. I I, I can't imagine the whole team is, but. I don't know. Uh, I think Gustafson and Fleury feel safe. Guys like that. Uh, at least I, I, I would hope so. You never do know with like the DeHames and such and the Greenway. I mean, there are a number of players that are probably on their way out. We're going to hear about that very shortly. Uh, and plus the fact, again, like Marco Rossi's been playing better. So, and Walker. Walker deserves to be in the National Hockey League. Mason Shaw hasn't played in, you know, forever. So, <laughs> So that's the kind of harsh realities that we're facing right now. There, there have to be changes. And obviously the whole cap situation doesn't help. Guys like, uh, you know, Dumba and Greenway. Especially Dumba. Dumba's like the most immediate 
because you know, and again, they got got legitimate prospects waiting. Um, again, Shaw hasn't played in eons. Yep, Galagoski deserves to play, but maybe not every night. Like Russo will continue to say, you're not going to just trade Dumba away and have Galagoski be, you know, in, in every game. So, and Shaw unfortunately is that for that thirteenth uh, forward, which nobody wants to be. But Shawzi has to play now. It's going to be Shaw versus uh, Hartman. And then, long-term, I think Walker versus both, quite frankly. Walker deserves to be in the NHL. He does. Uh, now that I've made long story longer here. Uh, next. Where am I going? Uh, Derek says, Marco Rossi, there we go, has been showing more assertiveness in Iowa the last few games. Is it worth calling him up to play with a big club or are the Minnesota Wilds problems bigger than he can solve? Probably bigger than he can solve, but you never know. <laughs> you, you, you never know. Is he ready to make that next step? I would definitely say bigger than he can solve at the moment. But uh, I, I think Rossi's taking that step closer, which is really nice. And if the, the Hartmans of the world continue to stink, that type of thing, the Greenways of the world, you know, you're going to have to make significant uh, changes, like a Rossi, like a Walker. You know, like Rossi and Walker up here versus Greenway and, and Hartman. I don't think too many people would complain. You would get smaller. There's no doubt you'd get smaller. Uh, Hartman's not the biggest guy in the world, but Greenway's very large. Unfortunately, he doesn't play like a large player all the time, which annoys the hell out of everybody. That's uh, that's what some people were worried about with Alex Tuck once upon a time. But, oh, Alex Tuck versus Greenway, you can't even have a conversation anymore. They're not even in the same stratosphere I mean, at this point, which is really sad, or on the same planet, as uh, Derek would have said years ago. about. Uh, I still remember the conversation we were having about... Uh, McDavid versus our leading scorer at the time. It was funny. It was unbelievable. Uh, and McDavid's doing that again, taking that next step, by the way. But at the moment, yes, bigger than, than he could solve. But I do think in time he's going to be a he's going to be more of a solution than a problem. That's for sure. At the beginning of the year, more of a problem than a solution. Uh, Derek says, is Hockey Day Minnesota? Uh, it is Hockey Day Minnesota this weekend. Yep, that's the uh, Buffalo one. What is your favorite Hockey Day Minnesota memory from events gone by? It doesn't have to be Minnesota Wild related either. Um, for me, generally speaking, it's probably like the the fact like Nate Prosser always seems to find a way to, to be a huge factor in those games, even if he'd been out for a while because of he was the seventh defenseman. That That's kind of what I'd have to say, stuff like that. The fact that the Wild always play really well. I think it's fun. But also, you know, I mean, those those outdoor games are classic also. I'm not a huge high school sports fan. I'm just not. I'm, I'm kind of a snob in terms of I'd rather see professional uh, or at least go for hockey at the very least. Um, but generally speaking, the way Nate Prosser would always step up, I think that was kind of cool and fun just for the, the Hockey Day Minnesota sake, you could say. Um, Derek continues the Derek Felska lightning round. says, <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche, yes, here it is, leapfrog the wild thanks to their loss in Tampa. And Minnesota has a dwindling two-point advantage on Nashville. What odds would you give the Wild in making the playoffs? They're getting worse. They're getting worse. Especially with, again, like I was saying earlier, if Colorado is the team, you, <laughs> if Colorado's the one, the team closest behind you and you're like, say, the eighth seed and they're the ninth, good luck. Well, good luck, right? Because Colorado's going to get better. They're going to be a big problem. Um, Calgary is inconsistent at best. They've been a massive disappointment. Tampa Bay, or excuse me, Los Angeles, I think is beatable, but the Wild have struggled with them a little bit this year. They are improved with Kevin Fiala, and he made the All-Star team, by the way. So congratulations, Kevin Fiala, making the All-Star team there. 
um, our chances are definitely less. It's like becoming more of a 50-50 thing, which really stinks. But I don't know. I guess if you get a higher draft pick, yay. <laughs> but they always take forever. Like Rossi looked like he was ready to go, and then it's like he had this uh, the myocarditis and all that stuff. So uh, it, what are you going to do, you know? I mean, even Boldy took a while. Here, yep, there's another massive topic here. Um, there it continues. The Vancouver Canucks fired former Minnesota Wild head coach Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce, there it is. And replaced him with Rick Tuckett. Rick Tuckett? No, Rick Tuckett. I know, I'm just kidding. How long do you give Tuckett before he gets tossed from dysfunctional Vancouver? Probably two years. <laughs> Probably two years or a year and a half, just like Bruce. Probably about the same. <laughs> and yes, I mean, I felt so bad. Bruce, I mean, you could see he was very emotional, very sad, heartbroken, that kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, that, that was painful. That was painful to see the press coverage and nice of the fans to, to show their appreciation for him. Um, and it's so sad how short that was. That was actually a year, right? That was like one year. It wasn't even like a year and a half, was it? What the heck? Jeez. Unless I'm, unless I'm mixed up. Like, I don't think it was two years. Yeah, that was just last year, right? Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. And they were on a great uh, run, but yeah, no playoffs. And it's too bad. Yeah, so probably about the same, though. Maybe maybe a slightly longer. Maybe one more year than uh, Bruce got, which really sucks. And Tuckett's a good coach. And Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach. So I, I really like Bruce Boudreaux a lot, honestly. So it's sad. Uh, yep, the lightning round continues. Yep, that's a good, good, good questions, Derek. These are awesome. Um, the Minnesota Wild has been having a lot of trouble scoring at even strength this season. What level of challenge with a video game comparison would you uh, make to describe how difficult it is for the Wild to score goals at even strength? Level of trouble scoring at even strength. What level? What? What level of challenge with a video game? Okay, so how hard it is. Oh, like Mega Man 1. <laughs> like Mega Man 1 or those Gradius games for the NES. They were so freaking hard. Like the Gradius games. Oh, my God. Gradius, Gradius. I say Gradius. Some people say, Gra yeah, you get the idea. Heck, yeah. But like Mega Man 1, Gradius. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Ghosts and Goblins. Like, freaking impossible. Let's go with Ghosts and Goblins. That's what it feels like right now. Particularly in these particular, 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 particular. But particularly in these games. <laughs> That's about what I'm going with is Ghosts and Goblins, where you're just like, oh, come on, I died already? This is stupid. <laughs> so that's what it feels like right now for scoring at even strength. Last year, it's our penalty kill sucked and our power play sucked. I still have sound bites of that. I have fun with those with uh, Dean Evison. Gotta love the Canadian accent. Yeah, you just do. Um, Jay Bushy, welcome back, says, the question of the day. How to improve, there it is, the Wild 5-5 five and five scoring. Your thoughts? Um, probably some changes in the lineup. Uh, younger players, I, I would prefer. Uh, again, like, like again, uh, the, the Rossies, the Walkers. Uh, like, Rossi might be, might not really improve. I'm probably going, getting ahead of myself saying that. That's more of a hope thing, but I, I think Walker would help. I think Walker would help. And, of course, guys like uh, Ryan Hartman that have been hurting us more than helping. Greenway, who's just kind of part of the scenery, you know. He's like a tree out there. That's about it. He, he's 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 helping these. Yeah, he's he's like a tree. That's about it. Um, so I would say um, some changes in the lineup. Of course, it's just um, 
Greenway obviously has been invaluable with that uh, line, but I think Hartman right now, maybe Shaw adds a spark. Maybe Shaw finally is like, okay, you know, I, I, I can do this now. I, I'd gotten real quiet, and I'd been getting dumb penalties. He was basically the Hartman about three weeks ago, and that's when he finally started getting scratched and became the 13th forward. And, of course, Hartman came back about the same time, and I think it's been worse. I think he's been worse than what Shaw was when Shaw was dropping off. So, again, good question. Mike says, do you believe it's time for our GM Bill Guerin to start moving pieces by trades for picks or players. I see a lot of tugboats, poor play, <laughs> from several players who have no skill set to keep up to NHL speeds. Yes, yes I do. I think it's time to make some moves. Um, obviously the the Dumbas, the Hartmans, uh, the, the Greenways, guys like that, I think we can do better. And I know there's one coming up. Yeah, oh yeah, it'll be there. Um, yes. I, I, I do feel that. I do. Um, good question. Uh, and then there's the uh, Ryan Reeves thing. We already talked about that. Brian Herrera says, I got nothing. Well, maybe one. <laughs> I got nothing. What if he just wrote that? I'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> It'd be funny, though. <laughs> Sorry. How much before the trade deadline will Billy make, make uh, his big move? And do you think he will get who, who he's going to and do you think he will get who is going to be on the opposite side of a Felino hit? Hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> How much before the trade deadline will Bill Mike make the, will the move? I think it's going to come down to kind of close to it, trying to waiting waiting for the best offer, that type of thing. Um, who do I think he will get? I'm, I'm not really, honestly, I'm not really sure. Honestly, uh, there have been talks about trades with the uh, Ottawa Senators, with the um, well for Matt Dumba and such. I can't imagine us getting any type of like crazy, crazy move. I mean, there's been talks about Bo, uh, Bo Horvat, but I don't know. Uh, there's been talks about Patrick Kane, but I mean, how much would you have to give up? And of course, the cap hit and all that. So it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of hard to say. Like, um, unfortunately, to be fair. Um, who's going to be on the opposite side of a Felino head, huh? Hmm. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that's a tough one, honestly. But I mean, hopefully, 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 uh, Landeskog, when the time comes and he comes back, right? <laughs> At least on the other side of it, right? Uh, Derek Felska says the only issue I see is the games are too close for him to really try to play on that kind of edge. Okay, yep, this is that same one from, uh, yeah, just this is like yesterday there. Uh, that I mentioned earlier in this uh, line. And then uh, KFAN Girl says, trade Greenway, Dumba, and Hartman. Greenway is lazy, Dumba is Dumba, <laughs> and Hartman is over, uh, and Hartman way overproduced last year. Bring up Rossi and Adam Beckman. I, I would replace Beckman with uh, Sammy Walker if I were you at this point. Beckman, I mean, maybe, maybe he could do something in the NHL, but he certainly hasn't yet. He, he hasn't. Okay, so that was after the go-on part. Yeah, um, I agree with everything there except maybe Beckman versus Walker. I'll go with Sammy Walker. I think he's absolutely ready to go in the NHL. And he's definitely older, too. So <laughs> he's, he's older. He's closer to being ready. He's more experienced. He's 23 already, believe it or not. So, I mean, that's, yeah. Sammy Walker, other than that, though, I think all three of those guys should be gone by next season. Uh, and <clears throat> I don't think all three of them will be gone by the, uh, I don't think they'll all be gone by trade deadline. One of them is going to be gone, maybe two. And unfortunately, you might see an added piece that we weren't expecting, like a Duhame 
there's a strong possibility that DeHame could get traded, which would pretty much guarantee Walker is in the lineup one way or another if that took place. Maybe we think Walker is going to ultimately be better than Brandon DeHame, but I like Brandon DeHame's skill set. Um, I, I think there's something there. Shaw could easily get traded. I, I think very easily Shaw uh, has become the expendable guy, which is really sad. It seems like yesterday, man, Mason Shaw's in the NHL. Uh, he did it. Here we go. And he deserves to be here and all that. Now it's like, well, you're in the NHL, but you're the 13th forward. But at the same time, maybe it's better to let that knee rest, right? The, the knees rest um, at times. But, I don't, you know, he doesn't want to be out that much, I'm sure. Um, but that's where I'm sticking with those. Great, 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 great fan interaction segment. All of you, thank you. That was that was really cool, really good. That was awesome. Um, Shout-outs, of course, all over the place. Minnesota Wild Global, really appreciate you. Scott Cavendish, Kathy Main, David Abraham, uh, Chad Walski, Michael Fick, David and Chance Kostick. We could go on all day there. Awesome page. I'm going to give you shout-outs forever. Um, <clears throat> Patrick Turner <laughs> out of Florida. I have a feeling I have a feeling uh, you might have something to do with the uh, big surge in Florida, which is un- unbelievable. Thank you so much. And I have a feeling he does, because <laughs> I think he's from Tampa, right? So, Patrick Turner, Minnesota Wild Nation, how can I not give you a massive, massive shout-out? And thank you so much. I mean, it's so cool. Like, <laughs> what a cool thing. Um, Florida is still number two, 28%. To Minnesota's 32% in listening to this show. Florida, unbelievable Florida. I love you. It's so cool. And is Tampa still number one overall? It is. Oh, my. Yep, <laughs> it is. Tampa, Florida is still number one overall in uh, downloads for uh, cities for Brave the Wild. Unbelievable. That is a huge honor. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Florida. I love you guys so much for so many reasons. (laughs) So many reasons. Um, Wow. So, (laughs) a huge shout-out, of course, MNW Prospects. Pavel Bonnet out of Chechia. Um... Justin Bakke, I'm almost like blanket. I'm an idiot. Justin Bakke coming up uh, from Duluth. He's a great guy, of course, and a uh, Duluth Bulldogs fan, but great guy, great, uh, and he's a part of the Sound of the Foghorn podcast. Um, love, love his prospect conversation. Iowa Wild, Minnesota Wild, all that as well. Uh, huge shout out there. Brandon Quas coming out of Wisconsin, big wild, uh, obviously great, great writer as well, conversating about the wild prospects and the wild themselves. But a lot of times the younger guys is what uh, MW Young Guns is about. Younger guys that could be on Minnesota all the way down to, you know, in the juniors and such and the ECHL all over the place. The, lot of, the only main prospect we have in the ECHL right now is Hunter Jones, and it's like a purgatory for him, unfortunately. Uh, but, no, major shout-out to you guys. I love you so much. Derek Felska, of course, uh, crease and assist. Shout-out forever. Great writers been writing about youth hockey of late high school uh, and such. So again, uh, hope uh, hope hope to see some pro again. But I'm sure he's enjoying doing the juniors. So I mean, sorry, the the, uh, the the youth hockey. You know, some people absolutely love it. Some people absolutely love it. I'm more of a again, I'm more of a professional snob. I like I like pro 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 pro. That's just who I am. Uh, everybody's different. Uh, but again. Uh, do do check out his writing. It's way, way, way more than worth it. So, huge thing. And uh, thank you all for your wonderful, uh, the, the retweets and the great interaction. Absolutely awesome. With that said, 
have a have a great week and hopefully the Minnesota Wilds uh, win both of these games coming up as we head into the All-Star break. There will be a show. Of course there will be a show next week. I'll be reviewing the two games and of course keeping up with prospects and just generally talking about the Minnesota Wild. Talk to you then. Thank <laughs> you.